Welcome back to Don't Give Up Space Cowboy, the podcast that only provides you with the good mushrooms and no other mushrooms. My name is Jeremy Greer. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Chris Moser. Chris, how are you today, man? I'm doing well, partner. How are you? I'm doing all right, sir. Doing all right. You know, I <laughs> I think I did a cowboy shtick last episode, too. I'm recycling my material. That's okay. Like, you're you're still young, so you haven't realized that um, every five or six years, you just need to have a whole new group of friends so that all of your jokes are fresh and so nobody knows what you can say. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> We have a uh, we have a thing down here um, that where if somebody starts telling the same story twice, you just hold up two fingers and you're like, "Hey, two times, two times." <laughs> and uh, a friend of ours, this guy named Bill Willard, he's real bad about having a few beers and telling the same story over again. So he always gets two timed. And uh, one night he was just like, "You know what? Fuck y'all! I'm gonna go get some new friends that haven't heard any of my stories." <laughs> Uh, but we're back. We're, t- we're talking about some Space Cowboys. We're talking about some Cowboy Bebop today, and I'm very excited. These two episodes are really good. Yeah, these are one, these are fun ones. Um, we're we're getting we're getting kind of close to the end. Yeah, um, it's weird. Like we're, we're there's just we're getting there. Yeah, I never remember what episodes sort of happen in this this middle to late window because the end is obviously you know you know it's going to be your high octane meta plot your cowboy bebop meta plot uh, but these ones in the middle um, every time I start an episode I'm like what the hell is this one going to be uh, and we got we got some we got some good ones this time we do have some good ones um, just a shout out real quick to the patrons over patreon.com slash monster of the week you guys have made this happen and we thank you uh, by providing this as a extra bonus monthly podcast so thank you and uh, we very very much appreciate it um, From the bottom of our hearts, we say yeehaw, <laughs> yeehaw, cowboy. Uh, <laughs> today, the first the first session we're going to be covering is uh, session seventeen, Mushroom Samba, which aired on February twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. It was written by Michiko Yakote and Shinichiro Watanabe. 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 Jesus, thank you, Chris. I don't know why I haven't just had you do it. This you're the you're the anime nerd. You should be doing because all then it, it's even more embarrassing if I get it wrong because I think that I know how to do uh, it. You're just making you're just making me the fall guy there. I really appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Um, knocked off course by a hit and run. The very hungry members of the out of fuel bebop find themselves crashed and landed on eo ed and i go to look for food and instead come across a mushroom selling drug dealer domino walker while apprehending him for the bounty she tests the mushrooms out on the rest of the crew making for a psychedelic <laughs> episode um, uh-huh before we get too far in this episode, I've got I've got two things that I want to I want to mention. Uh, the first is when I saw Mushroom Samba, and it doesn't take very long before you realize like where this episode is going with the mushrooms. Uh, I I am so incredibly tired of any sort of drug sequence in modern television. Like somebody gets high and then has a, a goofy experience, or somebody takes some mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some wacky mushrooms and and whatnot. So I was kind of when I saw what was what was about to happen, I was kind of dreading it. Uh, but I will say this one pulls it off incredibly incredibly well like this this is a lot of fun because and it's strictly because you don't just get the sequence where they're you know meeting the cowboy in the desert or whatever you also get you also get like eins or excuse me ed's (laughs) kind of outside view of like you know spike just walking up one stair (laughs) over and over again over and over again yeah it's it's good stuff um but this this episode is full of really cool shots. Now, this is like, I guess, as close to a filler episode as we're going to get. We get to focus on Ed, but we don't learn a single new thing about her. It's just like an Ed and I adventure just for fun. Yeah. Um, and this has like just some little silly gags in it. Um, but we do we do get a lot of cool shots. It's like they got to experiment a little bit with this episode. And um, we get to learn some some weird things about each of the characters as they're they're tripping, kind of. Um, but I love the shot that they open up on, which is just Ed and I looking into the empty fridge. Yeah, that's it's a it's a really good shot. Um, I know you were segueing us into the episode, and I really appreciate that that professional podcast. But I did have two <laughs> things that I wanted to say. <laughs> I didn't get to say the second one. Okay. Uh, the second thing I wanted to mention is uh, the characters that are the kind of the side characters in this episode are extremely like nineteen seventies black exploitation film characters, oh, like yeah. stereotypes. Yeah. Like they're, Pam Greer might as well be in this episode. Like one character <laughs> is named Shaft, and it it really treads that line of like, is this racist? 
exist or is this super cool? And it's 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 really like I, I feel like it just lands on the super cool side. Uh, but boy, like watching this, it was I just haven't heard like that kind of seventies like I'm the shaft kind of kind of kind of yeah, vibe yeah. In, in a long time. So it was it was interesting to hear. Did you? I'm sure at the time when you were watching these at first, like you probably didn't have any of those thoughts. Like did that when you were watching this again? Like do you do you have a lot of fondness for that, or is that something that you were questioning in as well, or was that just I me was trying also- to be woke? <laughs> No, I was just worried. I was worried that it was going to be like way more offensive than I remembered it being. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I think that they just don't go near enough to those characters for them to because they because they're they're doing a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, but they those characters kind of come and go, and they're just sort of tied up in the action of all the sequences that um, it, it didn't it didn't dwell too much. And I think that they get away with it because of that. Yeah. So uh, take us back. Take us back to that first shot and, and describe the reasons that you like it. And we'll, we'll jump into the episode from there. Just that like that mission statement, that declaration point of, of the opening up with those two, Ed and I, staring at the empty refrigerator. You're like, oh, shit. OK, um, if these two are complaining, you know, things are good. This is a very um, human thing to do. And it's, it's something yeah. that I, I find myself doing a lot of times. Like, I know there's no food in the house. I know, like, there's no quick snacks in the refrigerator, but damn it, I'm just going to walk over there and open and, like, try to just do a quick inventory anyway. Like, maybe something will have appeared by the time that I, yeah, uh, by the time, but in the time between the time I last opened it. Um, and then we go to, like, the group basically having, like, uh, a sit down. They got to, they got to talk. They got to have a loft meeting where yeah. they discuss. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's mostly just, it's just jet like grilling everybody about who ate their emergency rations because he had these saved for like a super long time he went to check on them suddenly they're gone um and as we are having this conversation it starts with jet and it's just panning in a circle around showing spike and Faye and ed and i just going around and then until it gets back to jet again as they're all like denying eating the rations and it comes back and each time that it's circling around we're learning a little bit more about their predicament which is mostly just that they uh haven't eaten in two days and they are out of gas and they're just kind of floating towards the next uh they're they're on track to go to wherever they're going um so they will eventually land but they're not doing well right now (laughs) it keeps flashing to showing like um empty plates and empty cups it's like just to show just how bad off they are right now yeah these dudes are skint (laughs) like they ain't got nothing (laughs) they're out of fuel they're just kind of floating through space um and each time somebody talks it zooms in on their mouth just to like just to show you like (laughs) really hammer that home we talked in the in the last episode about how these dudes stay hungry and this is the this is this is the the climax of that right like this is them being like their uber hungriest yeah they people use that expression like you got to stay hungry for like you know when you're working on something or like you're driving in your career or whatever it is you got to stay hungry you always got to be reaching for that next goal but for the the cast of cowboy bebop it's literally just they take it literally they they are staying hungry (laughs) and then during all of this during this discussion about who ate the emergency rations uh like a ship crashes into them and knocks them off course and then literally it just like like crashes into them which sticks to them for a little while and is like nope i'm out of here pulls out and then just like leaves and just jets yeah. right afterwards which i think is really funny it's a uh yeah it's a, it's a space hit and run it's um you always think of space as this very precarious thing over like any one if you have one millimeter of a, a of a screw or a, a, nut, a nut and bolt like if you have one millimeter off like the whole thing is gonna blow up so it's really funny just to see this the spaceship just literally crash into their hole and just back <laughs> up and then just leave again and like yeah. and everything's pretty much okay like it's not yeah. bad I yeah, mean, they go into a crash landing, but like it's not terrible. Right. And that's our next scene as we go from like, oh shit, to this really long shot of them like falling through uh, a desert sky. Uh, and it's just focused on this sign that says like Western development, something or other. Um, and just the, the slow, the slow uh, drop as the ship crashes. And then, yeah, they're all, they're all stuck on this planet now. Yeah, and uh, I love this. I love this shot too, by the way. Like, because you always see is like it's world development tracked eighty two seventy one, like very corporate, mm-hmm. but it's all dusted and broken. So it's very like ancient capitalism that has failed, kind of, kind of, kind of vibe. Uh, while the ship mm-hmm. crash lands, um, once everybody kind of comes to, Faye realizes that she has to run immediately to the restroom, <laughs> <laughs> and we find out that uh, the emergency rations were heavily expired. And of course, yeah, yeah, yeah that that that's not staying. Obviously, down. it was yeah, Faye. Yeah. We call that we call that we call that the Chris Mosher. I was just having to. That's the, she pulls the Chris Mosher move, and the best part of this whole thing is just I'm pacing back and forth in front of the bathroom while Faye takes a huge shit. 
<laughs> just bathroom sounds as Ayn just moves back and forth in front of the toilet. I love I love Data Dog Ayn. He's so good. He's so good. Yeah. Um, um, Faye was supposed to go out and look for food, but now she's got fucking dysentery. So uh, <laughs> yeah, she gave herself hella diseases, and uh, and Jet and Spike start checking out like the damage to the hole, and uh, Ed just kind of comes in and just is 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 just Ed, right? Like she just starts mm-hmm. going off and going crazy and breaks some stuff. So they're like, "Hey, you need to get the fuck out! Like, why don't you go outside the ship and find us some food?" <laughs> just so much like like from. An outside perspective, I feel like, you know, she's a child. Maybe don't send her off alone on, on the planet that you don't know anything about. But they're just like, please, Ed, just get the fuck just out, go, please. Man, just get, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> and uh, what follows is Ed and Ayn kind of making their way to this town, set to this really, really cool hip-hop beat. <clears throat> and if I don't use that mm-hmm. in the as the intermission song, I'll probably just, like, drop a sample of it around here somewhere because I just, I love this beat so much. Like, it just feels really good. a lot of good music in these in these two episodes yeah um yeah it's just them them like rolling along just a montage of them kind of like walking through the desert until finally they they catch the scent of food not just Ayn, but ed also catches the scent and is sniffing around on the ground until they find a watermelon stand um but unfortunately they don't have any money to buy these extremely expensive watermelons do you guys get side of the road vendors like this up in up in your area I have seen them occasionally, but it's not really a thing. Man, it's it's like all over the place here. Like d- depending on the seasons, like you know, strawberry season in a certain area, and you'll just see stra- like dudes just on the side of the road with a bunch of strawberries or you know watermelons or, or whatever it is. Like it, it's everywhere down here. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them like out in like Maine or whatever, but and definitely in Massachusetts, but it's just not as common. Hmm. Um. So while they're at the watermelon vendor, like trying to just basically like get a free watermelon so that they could have a snack, uh, an extremely obvious bounty hunter shows up, and this is the yeah. this is the this is the Pam Greer lookalike with the huge afro with the dope shades, just looking fucking cool as hell, like just mm-hmm. just just straight up looking legit, just crushing it. Uh, and she's like, "Hey, have you seen this fella?" And she hands over um, a photo uh, of the bounty she's after, and. Um, also hands over like a thousand dollar bill or something hell yeah for or it's a rulong whatever mm-hmm. um for these uh i i think i think she overpaid for the watermelons i don't remember the price that the guy dictates <laughs> probably not a thousand wulongs though um but we see like ed and i who are just like holy shit i want to buy a watermelon but i can't um and I think so. She drives off a minute later. She gets back in her her fancy car and speeds away. And then the the vendor is looking around like, oh, where do those kids go? Ex- excuse me, where did that kid or that dog go? Um, and I expect every time I watch this, I expect them to have just snagged a watermelon. Absolutely. But that's never what it is. What they I got into this woman's fucking trunk. <laughs> Which is which is pretty smart because you got to figure yeah. this chick is going to like uh, and you know this chick is trying to find something somebody so you figure she's going to go to a populated area where there will be a, a much more greater chance of finding food so yeah um, so cut to town and this is where we get introduced to one of the other side characters um, it's this guy wearing a purple suit and he's dragging a coffin around with him he's the coffin hunter Very tr- right like yeah, from from yeah. Uh, from the dark tower he's one of the coffin hunters oh yeah big coffin hunters that's right. Um, the um so while that's happening he's having a little just dramatic exchange going on uh the police stop our pam greer character and they want to search her car so we don't keep calling her cowboy so so we don't keep calling her uh, pam greer does she have a name like a, i know she, it's not mentioned in the show but like is she credited as anybody do you better know? believe i do not know the answer to that i know that there's a character called domino in this episode and that's as far as i go let's see uh, coffee is her name according to the Wikipedia. coffee yeah. okay well that's that's pretty cool um so coffee uh she shows up and they're like hey yeah lady can we can we search your car we're actually like looking for somebody and she's like oh we're probably looking for the same guy she's a bounty hunter they have a little chit chat and like yeah lady do you mind if we search your trunk and she's like yeah no sweat i'm not up to anything bad and they open the trunk and sure enough she's got fucking ed and i in her <laughs> trunk and she's like oh no no wait and before while she's like getting you know arrested or whatever rather than them even saying anything to to the children in her trunk they just run off they just escape again um when i looked up the name of, of coffee 
Mm -hmm. uh, On the Wikipedia page, has her weapon of choice. Oh, would you would you hazard a guess at what her weapon of choice is? Is it like a net gun or something? It's a it's a grenade launcher. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) I didn't. Did I miss the part where she uses a grenade launcher? There's some explosives. I don't know. (laughs) I I just yeah, that just really cracked me up. so Ed and I jet. Weapon of choice. <laughs> the weapon of choice. It's really they good. like they they jet, but they do it like lazily. Yeah, like, they, they just walk. have like yeah. totally. Yeah, they just like walk away, like, not at all concerned. And by the time that the cops look over, they're just gone. Um, but Ed very quickly spots the guy that the woman was looking for, that coffee was looking for, the mm-hmm. the bounty in the photograph. So she's like, "All right, well, uh, I'm gonna go get involved with this. I'm Ed." <laughs> <laughs> And uh, this dude is quickly accosted by our co- our, co- our coffin hunter, um, mm-hmm. who inter- who says that he's a Shaft brother. So I guess we can just call him Shaft for the rest of the episode, so we don't have to call him Coffin we can Hunter. Call him Shaft brother. Um, and he's extremely mad at this dude because this guy sold him some extremely bad mushrooms, and his brother took some and died. So he's yeah, been that's ha- no good. hauling around this coffin, wanting to put the mushroom dealer in it, which is extremely like of all of the ways that you want to kill somebody. Like this is this is a very like robert rodriguez kind of kind of yeah. vibe to i this. think <laughs> i think that's what the kids these days would call extra it's extremely <laughs> extra i agree yeah <laughs> um and just as he's sort of like making this declaration of like i've been dragging this coffin around all these years to find you you son of a bitch it just gets run over by a truck <laughs> really funny like it just goes by and breaks it all to hell um, so when all this happens, that's when Domino decides to like jet and he runs off. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, you know, this big chase, but, but Ed and I aren't involved in this. Instead, they pick up the mushroom that Domino left behind and they're very, uh, they're very curious about what's going on here. Oh, he left behind all of his mushrooms. It's not just the one. Yeah, like he drops, he drops a, a large amount of these, of these bad mushrooms and, um, yeah. I eat one immediately, and then like just starts immediately like acting like a, a weirdo, like the the weird hop thing where his whole Little body does it. Thing, like, yeah, it's extremely cute and funny. Like it's just it's my just favorite adorable. cowboy bebop gif ever on Tumblr. Is this? <laughs> yeah, this? I actually this? thought about making this gif. I follow a really terrible cowboy bebop like fan Twitter. And it's, I don't know why I keep following it. It just posts like the, the, the most garbage. Like, you could just do so much better, but it has like 10,000. I just imagine it's always just gifts of them smoking cigarettes and being emo. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of that. Um, every once in a while, it posts like a, a screenshot of one of the voice actresses who like has a cowboy bebop shirt on, but it's always the same picture. <laughs> <laughs> It's just very it's it's a, it's it's really that's, weird and that's random. That's fucking dope, dude. That is sick. That is a, that's a good follow. <laughs> I mean, it's good the first time you see it, and then like you're like, oh, it's for been sure, a week, and sure. then now I've seen that like four times. Um, yeah. So she goes back to the ship and starts, uh, and just like I don't know what Ed's plan is here. <laughs> like she just starts covertly leaving mushrooms out for the other members of yeah, the Bebop to find. It's like running a scientific experiment. It's she really leaves a mushroom funny. out on a plate and then hides nearby she doesn't to watch she doesn't like like arrive and be like ed found mushrooms or anything like that she yeah, just she yeah. just leaves like she's one like, out for Faye to find and then one out like, for jet well, to find it had a weird effect on i let me just test it on humans oh, man. she's so fucking weird have you ever have you ever had some magic mushrooms I have not. It's um, it's it's an experience. My my most vivid memory of it of of, of it was a uh, New Year's Eve party, and um, someone at this New Year's Eve party had gathered all of the uh, thrown away Christmas trees from Christmas okay. that like were in the na- like like. Pr- it, I mean, again, magic mushrooms. So, but like, let's say a hundred of them, and it made a mm-hmm. uh, Christmas tree maze in their yard. <laughs> okay. And uh, I, I, I got incredibly lost in this Christmas tree maze, and then uh, eventually went back over there because it was a buddy of mine. I went back over there the next day, and it was like the world's smallest maze. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the dumbest thing ever, and I was like, "Really? This is what happened?" So that was your that was your endless staircase. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. And I must have been having a great time. It must have sounded like a goddamn idiot. But you know, yeah. you're surrounded by all your friends who are also goddamn idiots so yeah so yeah we just have sociopath uh and just performing experiments on her friends here uh it's interesting the way that everybody comes up she does it three different times first one is is Faye, who just walks up and takes it she's just like okay i'm gonna eat this like nothing about it that's just Faye. she's like it's there it's food i deserve to eat it yep. and i'm gonna take it yep uh the next we have uh we have jet 
who I just feel like this says something about the psychology of all three of them. Um, Jet just pretends that it's not real. He's like, well, this can't be real. We, I, there can't just be food sitting here. So therefore, it doesn't matter if I eat it. And it's just like his like his old man dad philosophy of him like talking himself through something. Um, so yeah, he he eats it. He convinces himself it doesn't matter. He's gonna eat it. Uh, and then Spike walks over, turns around, yawns, and then like just walks away. And then we see him like munching on it as he did his little sleight of hand move to uh, to steal the mushroom. Even though he's alone, he still has to steal it. He has it to like steal that. it. Yeah, he still has to. Be- slick about it in case somebody is watching i guess um yeah yeah and then individually like we kind of see them all eat the mushroom and then they all hiccup at the same time and then they all start getting like twisted off at the kneecaps (laughs) like they just start seeing this random shit uh we start with spike who sees this like infinite staircase with this frog on it and he starts like walking up this infinite staircase which is really funny and hilarious um he tells them the frog tells them that it's the stairway to heaven for you know because you can't have a mushroom reference without led zeppelin in there somewhere right 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 um Faye, who i don't know it, listeners may have forgotten already has had some you know gastrointestinal issues recently sees like yeah. an infinitely tall bathroom <laughs> that's just filling up with water <laughs> oh man that's so it's so scary like that has to be the worst and then uh so, and then jet is just, just having jet talking to his buds actually. yeah he's just having a great time because jet doesn't have as much fucking baggage as the other two you know he he's already had his two flashback episodes he's unpacked his shit so Abs- he's absolutely. like i'm just gonna go talk to my trees i love these trees um and, and we see both like, uh spike and Faye kind of outside of their hallucinations and like i mentioned earlier yes. spike is literally just like walking in place on one step Faye is like doing the the breaststroke like in the air yeah, like yeah. just going straight up like on like nothing around her at all she's just in the bathroom like doing this thing looking like a weirdo so now if i want to try and like dissect it i mean spike walking up an endless staircase to the stairway to heaven it just feels thematically accurate for spike walking away from a past Mm -hmm. while still being in that past he's kind of just trapped in this endless walk towards i don't know a death that he feels like he should have already had um i mean also he's just tripping balls and the secondly i don't know Faye is she's drowning in debt that's a thing she's in the bathroom a lot that's a thing she's just constantly caught in the sway of things that are too bigger than her and she can't seem to swim her way out of them and and jet likes bonsai jet just fucking loves bonsai trees <laughs> and he starts figuring out the secret of the universe and he just starts cracking yeah. up about it and then like stops and is like what was i talking about like, he's yeah. just he's just having a good time man like he's not yeah. there this is not like a deep find your soul kind of trip for no, for jet no. he's just having fun he's having fun he's the only one really having a good time um and <laughs> Yeah, just the cutting back to Ed and I just watching these fucking lunatics trip balls is pretty great. Um, but they also decide to turn on the TV. And I keep saying they. Like, Ayn, I mean, Ayn feels like pretty important to all of this. Absolutely. It's Ed yeah. and Ayn. It's not just Ed. It's Ed and Ayn. Uh, and they put on the TV. Uh, big shot. The Bounty Hunter show comes on. Uh, and it g- gives the, the rundown on that guy, Domino. Um, the, so the, the magic mushroom dealer, yeah, the magic mushroom guy. So they decide to take it upon themselves to go after him without without the rest of the crew, which is great. Like um, I, I love Ed, like being like I'm a bounty hunter too. Like I roll with these dudes, yeah, I can do this, yeah. and just jumping on her scooter, putting Ayn in a backpack, and just taking off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now back at the police station, we see the woman Coffee. She's being interviewed, and she's like, "Listen, I don't know what the fuck those kids were doing in my truck with the kid and the dog. Like I don't know what's going on." here uh i think that here so the, the cop gets a call <laughs> this detail is funny too uh, this the is a really a funny scene this is a really good scene yeah <laughs> and it's him like what getting a call from his girlfriend being yeah. like yeah well i'm in the middle of something like yeah we'll go for dinner later it's just it's like okay okay honey talk to you later i'm, I'm at <laughs> like, work what? you can't just call me at work yeah. all the time um yeah. and of course while this is happening uh coffee sees ed or sees yeah sees ed like just drive by on her scooter and she's like what the fuck <laughs> it just leaves yeah, it just goes to start chasing ed yeah um so okay this is no this isn't where the the, the full-on chase scene starts yet because we're building up to that yeah yeah um we, we zip over to our our buddy the uh shaft yeah and he also sees ed going by um and I don't really remember his motivations for wanting to chase her, other than maybe she was near Domino when shit popped off earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they chase after her. 
But I, I love this scene, though, b- before we move away from the shaft, because uh, he's in this, like, bar eating an ice cream, and our our, our normal three amigos that show oh, up yeah. every episode are, like, fucking with him about it. He's getting frustrated because, you know, obviously his coffin is broke. He lost his, his the dude that he's, <laughs> yeah. he's been chasing all of this time. He sees this this random little girl walk by and assumes that he's there, she's attached. And he, but he can't let his ice cream go, Chris. Like, he's like, I got to eat this ice cream real fast. <laughs> yeah, and then gets an ice cream headache yeah. from it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot. He, he tries to eat it so fast he gets brain freeze. It's incredible. And all the and old then, men are like, ha ha. Yeah, and then they all make fun of him for it. It's a really cool, yeah. it's a really funny moment. Um, so Ed, Ed continues to try to find Domino, but doesn't find him, but does find the ship where he's been growing all of his mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he kind of pops out and uh, Ed brings out some sort of like gas canister, some like stinky gas kind of thing. It's like stink gas. Yeah. She probably just got it from the bathroom after Faye took a dump. And then just like throws it at him. But it also like just poisons herself too. Like it gets her as well. Yeah. She's not very good at this. <laughs> also, yeah, it's like not even like poisoned or like sleeping gas. Like it just smells bad. <laughs> Um, because she just runs after him. Yeah, like, I mean, like it doesn't. Like he just runs away. He just runs away from the gas. It's the worst. Like <laughs> this is prank gas. This isn't like capture yeah, a bounty yeah, yeah. gas. This is prank shit. This yeah. is prank shit. Ed is the prank hunter. Is what, yeah. what she is. Um, so mushroom guy jets. Uh, Ed starts chasing chasing him on her, on his uh, scooter. Uh, Coffee, in the meantime, has stolen the watermelon vendor truck and is also giving chase. Um, And we have this big kind of set piece of this train chase, which I think is really fun. Um, Yeah. So Mushroom Guy jumps on this train. Ed is following along in her scooter. Uh, Coffee is, like, chasing the train with her watermelon cart. And, like, things are just going crazy. And her weapon of choice, a grenade launcher. I believe she's, like, like, shoots a truck or shoots the... The train or something that there's an explosion at some point. Yeah, of course. There's got to be an explosion if there's a train sequence. That's just that's just yeah. common knowledge. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, there's this really great moment where Ed like gets behind the gets behind Coffee and like jumps on her vehicle and like steps on her head to propel herself onto the yes. train. <laughs> really good. Uh, so there's just yeah the now they're running on top of the roof of the train and all the all the usual wackiness ensues. I think I got and then this suddenly. I think I got this mixed up. I think uh, I think our boy Shaft is in the watermelon truck and uh, Coffee is in her car. I think that, that there was. Some... Oh yeah, that, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry um, about that. All, all the the thing that sticks out the most out of any of this to me is the cow that steps in front of the train tracks <laughs> and the train is forced to like you know come to a screeching halt and they're kind of thrown off the front of the of the train. And now everybody's just like fucked. There's like crashes everywhere. But Ed and I are fine, and they come down to yeah, come yeah. and talk to um, the mushroom to, to guy, come and talk Domino. to Domino, mm-hmm. mush, the mushroom guy. Um, he convinces them to just take the big bag of mushrooms instead yep. of taking in the bounty. He's like, yeah, these are worth like a hundred thousand each. Like it's it's this is worth more than I am. And Ed is like, I'm a child. That sounds good to me. (laughs) Ed's enthusiasm for just life in general is really, is really ingratiating. Like it just makes Mm -hmm. me like her a Mm -hmm. whole lot. Um, And at this point we go back over to the bebop where everybody is kind of, you can't forget the fine detail here. Yeah. (laughs) They catch this dude. (laughs) And then I turns to the cow and says, thank you. (laughs) And the cow says, you're welcome. (laughs) They speak to each other. I had forgotten about that. Thank you for bringing that up. I had forgotten <laughs> to include that in my Is that a, a data so dog good. ability? Can all animals just speak to each other? It never comes up again. <laughs> I don't ever want it to come up again. Like, that's one of those things that happened once, and it's just a cool thing that happened, and I never need to know any more information about it. Like, like was, I, I, was Ein working this deal out with this cow to have this happen? Who knows? I definitely I definitely didn't know that uh, wizards used to not have plumbing and just magic their poop off the floor, and I definitely don't need to know any more about <laughs> Ein being able to speak. Like there's a there's, thanks, thanks Pottermore. <laughs> such a thing as too much world building. Yeah. Um, so we wake up over. Everybody wakes up on the bebop. Uh, everybody's in kind of a tragic state of affairs. Spike has made his way to being on top of the ship, and uh, Faye is just covered in toilet paper, just surrounded in it. And uh, for whatever reason, it looks like Jet tried to eat lipstick or something. Like he wakes up with some lipstick in his hand, and his 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 lips are all red. Like it's very strange. Yeah, well, you know, he was tripping balls, Jeremy. Hey, look, I'm not no shade. <laughs> I've been there, man. I got lost in a Christmas tree farm. Okay, guy <laughs> just started eating lipstick or whatever. But yeah, they're all uh, they're all just examining this bag of mushrooms, being like, "Is this really? Is this really worth anything?" Because obviously they they're they're, they're kind of in their their hangover phase of tripping, um, and that's when the fucking popo shows up. 
that's when that's that's when the popo shows up um it's and he's looking for you know any kind of information on magic mushrooms everybody is kind of hiding and being like oh no we have no idea what you're talking about we who knows what it is and then of course spike just fucking wanders out with the bag with the whole fucking bag in his hands <laughs> spike could you not hear him out there <laughs> you were you were just inside of a tent <laughs> and then just the flaps and then the cop is like, hey, I've, you're going to have to let me scan those mushrooms. So he puts up a scanner and scans him. And he's like, oh, these are just normal shiitake mushrooms. You guys, you guys can go. No worries. <laughs> y'all just really like this y'all shit. Y'all just huh? really like mushrooms, huh? That's really weird. And uh, he's suddenly very judgmental. Y'all just really fucking like this shit, huh? So now the our crew does not have any wulongs. Uh, still doesn't really have. Um, money for anything else, but they do have a whole lot of mushrooms, and we we see this scene, this kind of, not post-credit scene, but this kind of epilogue scene of them just being sick to death of eating mushrooms. (laughs) Like, before they were complaining about no food, (laughs) now, and Spike is like, man, I just want some some pepper and steak or whatever, or pepper and beef. And, and, bell, bell peppers and beef yeah, in the and, first episode. But no mushroom. Which he was complaining about in the first episode. The first he was complaining episode. about having to eat bell peppers and beef, and now he's complaining that he doesn't have it. And oh, uh, and yeah, now uh, they're they're all just complaining about it, and that's where the episode ends. And we get a new tag at the end here, and it's life is but a dream. Life is but a dream. Uh, what a what a good kind of filler episode this is. Like the characters, uh, I've, I talked about this in the last episode of the podcast. Like they show up, they're there, they do what they're supposed to. They're interesting, they're cool, they're fun to look at, and then like you never see them again. Like they're just kind of in and yep. out. And yep. uh, all of this, all of this tripping ball stuff could have been way worse if it had gone on for like the rest of the episode. Like if we had gotten an extended, uh, you know, scene where Spike has to confront his past, but it's actually his right, mom right. or whatever. Right. Like it would have been terrible. <laughs> but instead, you just get like there's the frog and the stairway to heaven thing, and then you're done. Like you don't have any anything Every- else to worry about. Or any gravity that could be given to any of these situations of, like, even the way I was, like, trying to explain it with Spike walking up this endless staircase. Just that simple cut to just fucking watching him walk up the one step again and again just completely defeats any of it. It's great. Um, And I don't, like, again, the the way that this show is structured, uh, not every episode really needs to fill out our our characters or fill out any kind of meta plot or something. It's just fun. It just looks good. It sounds good. And it's just fun to watch. Like, I, I, I just find myself enjoying the hell out of these. Yeah. The next episode, or excuse me, the next session that we're covering is Speak Like a Child. This was aired on February 27th, 1999, written by Akihiro Anari. A mysterious package comes for Faye with a beta cassette. When Faye runs, thinking it to be a debt collector, Jet and Spike undertake an arduous search for a player to view it. They find it is a clue to Faye's past. Ooh. Uh, um, this is a surprisingly emotional episode. Yeah. And uh, it's, it starts out kind of goofy and, and funny. And then uh, by the time you get to the end, you're like, holy shit, like my heart is breaking. What is happening right now? <laughs> this is, this yeah, is so... Yeah, they do some... Yeah. Some surprisingly poignant stuff happens here. Um, and even though there's not a whole lot like of happening in this opening sequence well there is a lot happening but like what does it even mean uh i i feel like it almost is setting up for the more serious nature of of what's coming next because it, the, the way that this opening montage is it's flashes between uh horses racing Faye cheering for the horses and then a fish being fished and then lost uh and it's just this short little montage that kind of opens up the episode um and then it just is like okay yep yeah, we just see Spike sitting there and he's failed to to catch this fish and it gets away. And uh Jet is explaining and this is all intercut with Faye at the track, by the way. She's she's mm-hmm. she's at the mm-hmm. racetrack betting on the ponies. I really like that this is so far in the future and we still have horse racing. Like we haven't figured out a better yeah. way to do this. And um as a fan of horse racing, I'm pretty excited to see twenty forty nine horse racing. That seems like it'd be pretty <laughs> dope. Um <clears throat> Jet is telling um Ed this kind of parable that's 
uh, I know it's. I, I looked it up because I was curious, but it's a. Uh, it's it, it is like a, a ancient parable, like it's a thing, but it's also very close to like the the tortoise and the hare, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm not going to even yeah, try to pronounce some of the names that he's using for the for the characters. I didn't get into the specifics of it, but it's basically about like treasure hunters and like yeah. rushing to get the treasure or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then finding and out that like, just... the treasure is not what you thought it was. Yeah, the treasure was the friends you made along the way. Um, it's everybody's just groaning hearing this story. Um, but yeah, Faye comes flying back in just as a helicopter is flying off, uh, and it delivered a a special delivery um, that Jet had to pay quite a lot of money to receive. Um, so Faye just immediately fucking takes off as soon as you like he says that she has to has to pay for this. Yeah. Um this is gonna come up a little bit later, uh, but this ship is strangely tortoise shaped, by the way. Oh. Just 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 so you know. And uh and Interesting. yeah Faye runs off and uh we, she thinks this is like a collection agency from the insurance company or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, or or just like any number of people she owes money to. Any, any number of the people after her. <laughs> like there's there's a point later where she calls Ed and she's like, was it an insurance collector or a gambler guy? Or like, was he, did they look evil? Like, what was it? <laughs> um, inside the Bebop, we ha- we see Ed who's like surfing the net with her toes. Like she's using her feet to surf the net, which I find very hilarious. And, uh, and Jet is like curious why Faye left. It's like, I don't know why she would, it's a, it's a package. I don't understand why she would was going and like and spike being spike just immediately starts shredding this bad boy open um yeah <laughs> jet who just so carefully was like it could be dangerous maybe we should just see you know bring it down there we'll make a big fuss we'll return it but nope just that shit's getting torn open yep um let's see so yeah they're like okay well uh fuck it if Faye doesn't want to pay for this we'll just take it down to this guy who uh who also before we get to part, spike sees this as a cassette tape and starts pulling out the tape and i'm like no dude oh, yeah stop yeah. he's like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah sorry okay yeah then they go to the 20th century like fetish technology guy yeah um who's just like super stoked on like vcrs and <laughs> crtvs shit just a bunch of shit that was cool in the 90s when cowboy bebop was made and some of it even older than that and he's watching um, um he's watching what looks like an absolutely terrible soap opera where just a brother yeah, and a sister yeah. are just blandly talking to one another and the animation like the work that they put in to make him look incredibly enthusiastic about this soap opera is really funny and the voice acting that they do for the soap opera is like Sister, I am so happy. Have a good night of sleep. You too, brother. <laughs> I hope I can see you yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> it's so good. I didn't catch uh, this. The the Wikipedia said that there's a that this says it was produced by Jason Priestley and Shannon Doherty, which <laughs> I guess I guess because they were on nine hundred two one zero or whatever. I don't I know. Guess, yeah, is that what that's supposed to be? Is it supposed know. to be nine hundred two one zero? Oh no! It's just a random line in the wiki, and I was like, "Really? Huh? Okay, cool." I really hope that that is supposed to. Are they no, they're not siblings in nine hundred two one zero, right? Those two are dating, have, aren't they? I don't fucking dude, I have remember. No idea. I weirdly have seen a lot of nine hundred two one zero. My sister was obsessed with it. Um, well, that's not but, weird. Okay, like, if you so, have a sister of that age, that's not weird at all. Like, it'd be weird if I said that I was weirdly, I had weirdly yeah, seen a lot of yeah. it. We had the computer game and everything. It was 90210 and then it was Dawson's Creek. Big big in the Mosher household. In the there 90s. was a computer game? Um, for, of course there was a computer game for 90210. I think it was like you just like click on stuff and it like would tell you information. I don't think it was like a real video game. That was probably um, around the era that like CD-ROMs and like multimedia experiences were happening. Unless so you'd get like a yeah, CD-ROM yeah. and it'd be this huge external drive you'd plug in beside your computer and it would show like a like a tiny little thumbnail of a video. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a character profile of, of so and so. You know, it's like a, it was like a Wikipedia disc for nine hundred two one zero. So, all right, this dude he he turns around to to talk to his visitors, uh, Jet and Spike, uh, and he freaks out when he sees that Spike is smoking. He's like, "Hey, you're gonna ruin the stuff with the smoke." So Spike just puts a cigarette out on one of the machines. Really funny. Spike gives no fucks about any of this stuff. Like he does not. He has no yeah. like interest in all of this old school technology at all. And it's very funny to me. Which is, like, so far removed from the Spike that we get in, like, the first or second episode, who's just so fucking suave and cool. And these last, like, five episodes, he just, like, can't fucking be bothered to do anything. Well, He's dude, so annoyed he, at everything. He hasn't even had any peppers, much less any peppers and beef. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, he, you have to give fuel if he, for the suave. <laughs> that's, what, that's all I'm saying. Like, you need... Like, when he goes... Need, in, in the second episode, he goes into the... um. 
like that weapon shop that then he talks yeah. about like the nunchucks and how it's like oh this is like the Bruce Lee model and the guy's like oh shit that's super cool you're you're clearly a very tight dude and Spike is just being cool but here he just looks fucking tired he's putting his cigarette out on the products <laughs> so funny uh of course this dude freaks out um about it but then he sees this beta cassette and gets extremely excited and goes into like this long-winded explanation of how beta cassette works what the difference is between beta and, and vhs and like uh, you could tell spike and jetter just check the fuck out they're like yeah yeah, yeah hurry it up yeah. I'm, we're done with this at one point he starts yeah. <laughs> screaming about magnets which is really funny <laughs> and spike just like while this is all happening he's like turning a random knob breaks it and then instead of just putting it back down he just steals the knob <laughs> he just What's in, in his, his pocket? pocket? It's so good. <laughs> what? What and why? Uh, finally, this dude uh, figures out like or finds a player for it, and so they start put they start to put the tape on, and um, it's a it's a it's a first person POV, um, kind of hardcore video. porn. It's yes, it's no, just oh, hardcore yeah, no, pornography, no, it's, uh... and it's 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 Blair Witch. Who knew? Um, yeah, but it's it's just a uh, just someone like walking in a park, and then uh, it, the camera goes down, and we see that she's wearing like a, a school skirt and some shoes, um, and then the tracking starts messing up pretty badly, and this dude can't fix it. Um, or no, no, I'm sorry, it, it it messes up, and he was he's able to clear it with the tracking, and then uh, we see this same young girl who is very obviously Faye, right? Like there was never any question mm-hmm. that this was mm-hmm. wasn't Faye. She in got my purple mind. hair. Yeah, um, she's standing on like this cliff next to an ocean, but then it really starts messing it up. Up. And uh, as he, the guy starts trying to adjust the tracking, and Spike is just just starts wailing on it with his foot. He just like channeling Big Kick Sam and just trying to kick yeah, kick his yeah. problems away. Um, and everybody's like, "What the fuck?" And his excuse is, "My ship works better when I kick it." So good, I love it. Spike, you're like a martial artist. Please don't kick the VCR. That's, those are deadly weapons, Spike. You should have to register yeah, those. Spike. Um, meanwhile, we just see Faye betting on dogs. We just get a shot of her betting on dogs and all of this, just to show that she's still gambling with her life instead of trying to do anything concrete with it. I don't know. I'm always stretching it thin, trying to find the meaning and everything, but Mm -hmm. she's betting on dogs now because she had no luck with horses. That's it. Yeah. Which sounds like a very Faye Valentine thing to do. I mean, because it's definitely not the betting that's wrong. (laughs) Like, it's not the betting that's going badly for her. Um, yeah. yeah. Back on the Bebop, uh, Jet tries to fix this tape. He's he's trying to like wind it up, and uh, I think he's actually got the tape out and he's like ironing it at some point. <laughs> like he's just whatever yeah. they do to this tape is not good. Uh, and the tech guy like calls him up and is like, "You ruined one of my beta player. You owe me all this money." And Jet says, "You you broke my tape. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. pay you anything," <laughs> which is really funny to me. Um, and meanwhile, Ed is on Craigslist, and she's able to find the location of an old uh, VCR. And they are just like, oh, okay. We're, Excuse we'll just- me, Chris, a beta player. So is that what I know that they end up getting a VCR instead of a beta player, but yeah. I don't remember which one she found. Either way, that's what they go to go find. They go. They got to go back to Earth. To yeah, find she, this shit. She, they that's found one on Earth. People still yeah. use Craigslist on Earth. Of course. Yeah. Where else? Where else are you going to find like really good deals on ancient technology? Yeah, where are you going to find old bikes? Uh, so she she's identified this place to, and. Um, we go back to Faye, who is now winning. She's, she she actually won one of the one of the races with some of her bets, so she's having a really great time. Um, and then we get this extremely gorgeous scene of the Bebop kind of getting into going through the gate to get to Earth. I love mm-hmm. all of this gate shit, man. It looks so fucking yeah. cool. I don't know if the, the science behind it works out, but this shit always looks cool. Don't hey, do not care. <laughs> Just don't, don't don't tell don't me anything about the science don't give a of the fly game. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in a big uh, doom kick lately, and uh, like they, I, I read, saw an interview with one of like the creative designers, and he was like, at the very beginning of that game, like there's this there's this moment where like the guy starts explaining stuff to you, and your doom guy just like picks up the panel and just throws it to the side, and the guy's explaining, he's like, yeah, if you're playing sixty dollars for a doom game, like you just want to kill fucking demons, we don't need to give you a reason to do that, like you got to just come yeah, with yeah, me. Yeah, I feel the yeah. same way about these gates, like give me no reason to. to yeah, to, to give me. I got a guy with a fucking bird on his shoulder. He's got a. He's got duck, duck, goose on his shoulder and a katana. I don't need to know how gates work. <laughs> I don't need. I do not need di- diagrams that break down the bebop. All right, that actually would be pretty cool. But yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna read that. Um, I love that we also, as they're flying towards Earth, we get another shot. We saw this uh, earlier when in the first episode we met Ed, where Earth is just surrounded by this ring of debris from when like the gate exploded mm-hmm. and I guess the moon mm-hmm. blew up or whatever. And uh, I just really like this. This this is kind of a startling effect. Like it just makes Earth look so dramatically different. Like it gives it a, a sense of place. 
Yeah, this is where it kind of starts to do the episode's tone shift. Because on its face, so much of this is like a, is a goofy caper. But there's a somber, weird somber tone to a lot of this stuff. Um, even when we're listening to like the awesome music that we're about to get hit with when they go down into the... Um, into the where, wherever they're going to on earth some of this this just weird tone that kind of persists throughout that but yeah they uh they fly down to to earth and they go to this old i don't know it seems like it was supposed to be like an old hobby shop or something but it's actually just like a city beneath the earth that's kind of just completely fallen apart and it's flooded and um they they gotta go down there the elevator doesn't work so they gotta climb down yeah they start repelling down i like this because they we they'd established earlier that to escape all of the debris falling to the earth like everyone kind of went underground and so like this is almost a reverse high rise right like this is a because they they the place that uh ed found was on um like the 28th floor but it's not like 28 floors in the air it's 28 floors underneath the ground which i find very cool right right. and even as they're doing that they're you know they're descending into into a past that is far removed and and basically like forgotten by Mm -hmm. the world that they live in now um but i mean obviously it's not so distant from the era that the show was made in obviously we weren't living underground in 1999 or whatever but um there's there's still that you know it's interesting I, to see them I, I was living that underground hip-hop life that's what i was doing i don't know what you were that's doing for, no 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 doubt no doubt you were i was in fifth grade so same <laughs> please continue with your actual point and not my dumb joke i'm sorry so they uh so yeah, they're they're kind of descending down into this this forgotten past, and they um this is where we get a, a the great montage uh, of them going down broken ladders and passageways, and they're going through flooded vents and like over little poles as bridges, and um as they're they're doing this, it's like very trepidatious. It's a it's not not none of this is, is safe, um and Spike kind of like makes reference back to that stupid in his words the, the stupid story that jet was telling earlier about you know searching for for treasure and how um i think jet makes a, a comment about how um by the time this person found the treasure in the story they were an old man maybe too old to enjoy it um because they're like holy shit this fucking sucks <laughs> we're so tired from, from climbing over all this shit why the and, fuck are we doing this like we don't know what's why on this are we tape. Doing this? like it's for Faye. like i don't know why right. we're in this like it's it, it's, it's a just perfect like stubbornness now. and it's an illustration of that story because you know at the end of that story that jet was telling like the treasure wasn't actually the treasure so like the third this all seems futile um mm-hmm. And Spike even says, if we turn back now, we're not going to get any younger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they just were like, all right, we just got to keep pursuing it till the end. You mentioned how, um, uh, how trepidatious then, this all seems. And it, and it really does. When they were coming in, like the elevator fell in behind them. And it's it's one of those things where you're like, how the fuck are they going to get out of here? Like, no matter what happens. Yeah, how, how, how are they going to get out? What, they're 28 floors deep. Like, what are you guys going to do? Um, we take a brief trip over to Faye, who is now losing at the dog track, which I find very funny. Uh, Spike yeah. and Jet finally make it to this uh, electronic shop, which is stacked with a bunch of VH- VHS players and beta players. And uh, so and they don't know which one to grab, so they just randomly grab one each. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad we don't um, have to go through like their exit from the thing. Like I don't really care. Like I was, I was worried right, about right. it the whole time. And then as soon as they get the VHS tapes and start walking back, they're like, we just go right back to the bebop. Um, where they discover they got the wrong shit. They got a VCR instead of a beta player, and that's no good. Um, They're just like, oh, well, fuck. uh, Faye calls the Bebop. I think we skipped over this earlier. Faye tried to call the Bebop earlier, like in between uh, dog bedding, and was like, and Ed answered the phone. was like, yeah, we're on Earth. (laughs) She's like, you you guys went to Earth without me? What the hell? Um, She calls the Bebop again, and this time Ayn answers the phone. And, uh, of course, Ed shows up, and and, uh, Faye is like, did anybody show up, like, looking for any kind of money? And Ed tells her about the, the... the 20th century technology guys like oh yeah there was a lot of yelling about owing people money yeah oh yeah absolutely like in her classic ed way and i find yeah, that yeah and she's like yeah and jet and spiker are super sad <laughs> so faye is immediately like oh they're super sad because i'm not with them okay well i guess they can be convinced to come back <laughs> and uh as she's arriving to the bebop uh there's another ship that's arriving to the Bebop. This is another delivery ship, and this one is shaped like a rabbit, Chris. Mm. Oh. Um, and this time, Spike fi- manages to get this thing open. It's wrapped up very carefully, and it is uh, it is a beta player. And um, Ed starts hooking everything up, and they're about to start it. And Jet's like, uh, actually, you can't watch this until you give me all of the money that you owe me for this, for, deli- for taking these packages for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> you yeah, owe so me she's like, oh, okay, thirty-one thousand watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she's not interested in watching though. Well, that's what she says. So she just pretends to storm off. And um, we we start up with this video. It's really it's kind of hard to describe what this video is, but because uh, it's kind of a, a random scene scenes of like on the beach or a, a an old school jetliner. Not an old school to us, but like old school to Cowboy Bebop uh, jetliner mm-hmm. uh, flying through the air. And then um, we see this group of students and uh, Faye, uh, one of them, and they've all decided to send themselves a message to 10 years in the future. And uh, Faye is the first one to go and she's she's immediately extremely shy. She the, Like the camera being turned on her it makes her really hesitant to talk. And eventually she starts saying good morning. And all of her friends laugh at her because, of course, it's probably not morning. Like, that's a dumb thing to say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then there's a cut in the tape and we see kind of this camera on the on the dresser pointing back at the bed. And young Faye is in the bed and she's saying these things like, good morning, me. Did you sleep well? Did you wake up feeling good? Today, you are who you are today. And you should be proud. Like, she's it's this all this like not yeah. quite not you're quite like me, but you're a new motiv- version. Yeah. 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 The, she's so she's saying all these kind of positive things. Good morning, you're a new me. Does every cell in your body feel good today? Um, you're still me, but you're a new version. And then she starts asking all these questions. She's like, are you with people you love right now? Are you doing something exciting? Blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, you know, we're getting cuts of of a Faye kind of over in the hallway as she's like sneakily watching this and just the, the dawning realization that's coming over her. Um and and her young self continues to to talk, and she says, "You're not perfect, but you've got a lot to give. So remember, you know, I'll always be cheering for you." And it's just that 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 real adolescent kind of positivity. Um, and she literally like cuts to her like doing like a cheering like thing out on a hill somewhere, just being relentlessly optimistic. Um, it, this this like you know w- wondering if. You know, am I alone or do I have people around me? I'm probably getting in trouble. I'm sorry. And I cause a lot of trouble like that kind of stuff. This youthful enthusiasm mm-hmm. is extremely affecting. Like it's and you can see that Faye, as she's watching this, like current day Faye is watching this and just like her entire world is being shattered. She has no idea. Like it, this this has got to be such a just such a mind fuck like to, to see your young yeah. self being this person because Cause she can't remember yeah. any of this it's not like she's just given some strange reminder of it she's watching it and she says herself in a minute i can't remember and there's like such devastation in her voice like she knows that that's her she can see it that that's her but she can't remember and that's like that's gotta hurt um it, it really does the uh and the cheer that this this that young Faye is doing is like don't lose me don't lose me uh which number one doesn't really seem like a good cheer at a sporting event that seems no. <laughs> seems, no. seems like a cheer that you would do if you were a, a tiny child of the video game heavy rain um <laughs> but uh but it, but it is like completely like of, of course this this is very thematic because Faye doesn't remember that she has lost this this inner version she's and not only that but because she can't remember this and because she's had to style herself a certain way in the future that she's woken up in she she has lost this youthful enthusiasm she's lost this uh this brightness about her she's she's become much much more hardened and much more withdrawn from the world uh so it's yeah. it's kind of heartbreaking to see young Faye doing these cheers on a hill and then side you know side by side with uh older Faye just completely being shattered by by seeing this and also knowing what we know of Faye so far yeah and the when she says i can't remember the the actress does such a great job delivering that line but um what young Faye, i believe is saying at that time is just do your best do your best and her just like coming back of like a i can't i can't remember like that you know voice slightly breaking kind of um affectation to it and it's it's really good it's really it's really powerful um and the episode ends with young Faye just saying, I will always be cheering for you. And it, it just it fucking cuts out. And it's so fucking sad. <laughs> I, uh, I looked this up just because I was curious because you said you, you couldn't remember it. And the, and, the Faye, and the young Faye, the cheer that she says, and now a big cheer for my heart. Let's go me. All right. Do your best. Do your best. 
don't lose me like don't lose comma space me like trying to tell herself to win which makes way more sense and because I, I could not yeah. hear that comma at all so she's saying like you know i want to win i want to win don't but lose I, me. I feel like we're almost we're almost hearing it the way that faye would be interpreting absolutely 100 like, percent. yeah yeah that's yeah, yeah. and I, my, my brain just jumped there just like faye's did so uh yeah yeah and it just Fuck. ends here man like and it's so fucking heartbreaking <laughs> yeah. like there's no there's no like funny moment to to well i guess the the preview for the next episode where they get Ayn to, to bark at this stuff. And then he like Ayn talks at the end, which is really funny. Yeah. Um, but but like, um, there's nothing to kind of lift us up. We just go right into the, the outro song. And the only thing, which again, the, when you're getting hit with a powerful moment, a black title screen, and then the real folk blues, you're like, Oh fuck. Every time, every time you're like, fuck. Um, we see Jet and Spike react a little bit to this. It's sort of like we see the re- realization on their faces as they're, they're sitting down with their snacks and their beer ready to watch this this tape that they've just gone through hell and back for. Um, and this is what this is the treasure that they found. This is what they they went out and and got and went through all that trouble for was to see this window into Faye's past that she herself can't even really look through. Um, and the looks on their faces. Just that the, I mean, they, they know that Faye is still watching and they don't have anything to say. There's no, there's no dialogue written for them to, to react to what they're seeing. Cause you can tell, I mean, they're all mature adults. They're all comrades, but they're not that close to each other in certain ways. So seeing something so personal and so far removed from the Faye that they know, you know, it's gotta, it's gotta hit everybody in the heart. Even Spike, who tries to act like cool, cool boy all the time. Can I, uh, can I read you something? Sure. So, uh, the story that Jet was telling um, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I apologize in advance of the pronunciation that I'm about to do, but the Yurishima Taro. Um, Yurishima Taro is the protagonist of a Japanese fairy tale who, in typical modern versions, is a fisherman who is rewarded for rescuing a turtle and carried on its back to the Dragon Palace, which lies beneath the sea. There he is entertained by Princess Otahami as as a reward. He spends what he believes to be four or five days, but upon his return to his home village, he finds himself 300 years in the future. When he opens the box, he was told never to open. He turns into an old man. Like, fucking, like, that's, like, Faye all over the place, man. Yep, yep. Yeah. Yep, like that's yep. extremely thematic. I should have probably looked at that up while I was watching the episode. <laughs> and so, what do we think? Do we think this this tape was the box that Faye shouldn't have opened? That now she suddenly is an old woman because she just had to witness her young self, or she thinks that she is a fairly young woman now? I mean, she is, but she has been asleep for all these years, and I wonder what kind of a, a effect that would have on someone like Faye. Yeah, it's I, it's it's got to be heartbreaking no matter what. It's it's one of yeah. these things where, you know, you think that you probably want this thing and it's probably never going to be exactly what you expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I'm on such a Wikipedia dive today, man, but apparently that that whole Yurishima Taro was uh, produced as an animated film in 1918. Oh, wow. I, gotta, I, I feel to, like I've heard that story before. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because apparently they didn't, they didn't find it until like 2013. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, wow. sorry. That's I didn't mean crazy. to get us off track of Cowboy Bebop, but yeah. No, that's. I think that's that adds so much color to this episode. It adds a lot to it. But what a what an interesting episode. The way that it's it almost feels like three separate stories. Um, because like Spike and Jet's, you know voyage under the sea to to find this this prize that they bring back and it, it, of course it's unexpected and it turns Faye into a very old woman uh feels so separate from ev- tonally from everything else but mm-hmm. it still all fits together really really well and what is the name of this episode speak like a child speak like a child yeah interesting interesting which is also a reference to something but i'm i'm too far away from my wikipedia yeah. dive to oh they're always uh... it's, it's a 1968 <laughs> album by a uh by herbie hancock so there you go okay okay fascinating yeah this is a um it's it's one of those really bittersweet kind of things that i think you don't really necessarily have to be a fan of cowboy bebop to to appreciate this like you can watch this one-off story and and as long as you have the knowledge that Faye doesn't remember her past that's just that's all you would have to know going into this exactly. um and it's it's pretty affecting it's good stuff yeah, I, 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 again, both of these are solid episodes, and for a lot of different reasons. Um, this, the second episode, like again, diving into Faye's history is something that I'm, I'm pretty much here for. Like, I want to know more about about her. Um, although at this point, like seeing that youthful enthusiasm and seeing that contrasted with where she is now, 
almost don't want I almost don't need to see anything more like they could just take this onto a quest like they could find an adventure well, or something and I uh, yeah I don't I <laughs> I'll be real I don't think we see any more phase pass cool not, yeah not yeah that's that's, that's totally fine anyway. yeah <clears throat> I'm trying to think of how many we don't even have that many episodes left I can I can think of a handful of them but I'm actually kind of struggling to remember which ones are are coming up next um we have there's 23 total I think is that right I don't know uh maybe more than that who knows who knows we'll keep doing the podcast until we finish that's that's, (laughs) that's what's gonna happen until we find out how many there are yep yep until we just (laughs) and then there's the movie then there's the movie then there's the movie yeah um, it's a good movie. My a good friend, a friend of the show, Mai, has also said that the the manga is, is can be pretty good too. Like it's hit and miss, as you might expect. But I, yeah, I have really a, I have yeah. one of the volumes of it. I remember being very confused because it's very different. Um, it's not the same story, and I had never like had that experience reading something. But I do have one of those sitting around here somewhere. Well, uh, do you think we should wrap it up? Are you? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, shout outs to uh, Mellow Makes Music for the intro and outro to this podcast. Yeah. Uh, just you can search Mellow Makes Bandcamp or Mellow Makes YouTube. He can, he's doing all kinds of crazy stuff nowadays. Go, go check all of him out. Um, shout outs to our good friend Vodka, Vodka Foley BB on Twitter for the for the episode art. We really appreciate that. That's um, right. And then shout out to all of our patrons who, because they donated over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, we we did this show like this was a this was a special bonus episode just for them mm-hmm. so thank you extremely much to those people uh, you yeah. can follow the podcast at MOTWcast I'm at JG Greer on Twitter I'm at Local Bones and everything can be found at monsterofTheWeek.cool we'll be back next week or no we'll be back next time <laughs> I don't know I don't know when we do this podcast <laughs> we'll be back knows? next time with uh, more cowboy bebop. say jeremy uh bark <laughs> i don't know i just gonna try to to make a, a, an eye joke and i just fucking cratered it man i, I don't know to do the thing that you always do we'll just end it at your cowboy line whatever you said goodbye sure we can do that <laughs> all right <laughs>